Good morning, folks. Welcome to another edition of the Glory the Morning Glory Sessions. It's Friday, another week gone, flying in. So today I want to talk about why you're training wrong. Because in my experience, and this is something that I would classify myself as an expert at now, for the last five years, I have been really focused my message towards guys 40 plus. So in that time, I've trained hundreds, possibly thousands of men. And I've seen a common a commonality between all the way these guys train and how they're broken and how the frustrations lead to them never getting the results. The reality is, the, the way the fitness industry has evolved, it is full of young guys, young men in their 20s. I've said this loads of times before. Young men in their 20s and early 30s who've got shit tons of testosterone. They've, they've no real stress in their life. There's no real, um, real, real stresses that they're going to suppress their immune system or press their bodies. So they train. And when you go to a guy like that, they train you the way they would train themselves or the way they train their friends. Now, I'm sure some of them are going to, there are guys out there like, I'm sure Gareth and the Gareth who trained me and Lewis trained me, Aaron, Aaron Flynn. There's guys that I know that are young, but they're they're well experienced at training guys at my age or they understand the, the, the minutia of training and they can adapt. For the majority though, there is a culture of because they don't understand how to train, how, how they've no sort of reference point of training men in their 40s plus. They don't understand the stress of having kids. They don't understand the stress of having bills. They live with their parents or they live with their girlfriend. There's no real like res responsibilities there for them. So they can't actually like understand what it is you need. They can only surmise and guess. And because of that, they train you old school ways. Now, it's, there's, it's definitely changing. It's definitely adapting. There's, there's more knowledge out there. But there's still this, this culture of hit and bodybuilding and pushing to failure and always trying to drive harder. And they, our bodies just basically aren't designed for that. You know, we're, we're coming out bruised, damaged, injured all the time. And the sad point is we're maybe in our 40s, but our egos are still there. And we don't want to actually admit to that younger guy that, hey, listen, I'm not capable of this. So what we do is we buy into the bullshit. And we push ourselves harder and we start believing that this is the best way forward. Even though our bodies are telling us to stop, even though we're sick and injured, even though we have no energy, even though we're feeling lethargic and tired, we still keep doing what we're doing all the time because it's what we've always done. It's what we've been told to do by the experts, the experts being the 30, 20 year old PT. So, <sighs> PT's push us method. And I believe it's wrong, right? I'm going to say it out loud. I don't believe that PTs are training guys my age the way they should be training them. And the, pro the problem is there's this desire for instant results. We want to get the results. We want to be in shape. We're not happy with how we look and feel. And we want to get that Instagram body. We, we believe that if we get into that physique, all our problems are going to be going or disappearing. Well, some of us do anyway. So we've got this... With, with, the, with the culture of PT being so, so like, you know, it's a cutthroat industry now. The PTs are under pressure to get the results fast because you want the results fast because that's what you believe the fitness industry is, is producing. So you want that as well. So the PTs push you to the point and they can get you there. There's no doubt about it. If you cut the calories down and you increase intensity, you're going to be able to get those results. But it's going to be very, very small window of results. You're going to, you're going to end up 
bouncing back. You're going to lose the desire. Your nervous system's going to collapse on you because it's not going to be able to handle the stress and you're going to fall off the wagon and put the weight back on. And then you're going to fall into that cycle of, well, when I trained with this guy or I went to that gym and I done that training, I got the results and then I stopped. Therefore, it's my fault. Therefore, I go back to that guy or go back to that gym and I repeat the cycle. And we're on this on-off cycle continually. You know, you're blaming yourself because you didn't get, because when you were training, you got the results. When you stopped, you didn't get the results. You put the weight back on. But what you don't understand is the underlying factors behind why you stopped. Our central nervous system controls everything. I'm going to go a wee bit deep here on this, but I'm going to keep it as lame as possible. So your central nervous system is, let me see if I can actually do it here. So I've got a dimmer switch on these lights. Hopefully you can see these lights coming on and off. Or there's one in the background. So a muscle contraction is either on or off. There is no such thing as like a partial contraction. It's the intensity of the contraction that's going to be determined by the nervous system. So if I dial this light up, that's like a really intense the contraction, if I throw it down, that's a really light contraction. That is the way the nervous system works, okay? So, where's it going with this one? So the nervous system, the, ner the nervous system dictates how hard we contract. The nervous system dictates everything. So if I just cut your arm off, it's going to be a slab of meat. It's the, it's the electrical signals that determine how hard you grip, how strong you can lift, how much weight you can lift. Now, there's loads and loads of um, examples of females, women, lifting cars off the children have been knocked down. The thing is, our nervous system, usually it's a safety mechanism. It will only allow us to contract about 40% of our true ability. If we contract any more than that, it's going to be like ripping muscles off bones. Electrocution is the only time you're going to get a full muscle contraction, the electric chair. And there's been documented evidence when those electric chairs happen that bones snap because the tendons and ligaments and muscles contract so hard that they snap bones. So it's a safety mechanism for our body. My, our nervous system is always about um, safety. It's about protecting ourselves. If we don't protect, if, if, if it deems anything's a threat, it's going to stop us lifting. So if I put 250 kilo in front of most men, they're going to try to lift it. They're not going to get anywhere. I couldn't get there either. Our nervous system deems that as a threat. Therefore, it shuts off our ability to lift. But if I was to put you, say, at about, say, say 60 kilo, for example, a weight that you can lift comfortably for 10 reps, your nervous system is not going to freak out about that. So the way guys, the way guys in their 40s <clears throat> should train, in fact, the way everyone should train personally, but especially guys in their 40s beyond, is we should be backing off. We should be lifting a weight that is so easy, so deemed so easy that, that our nervous system is not going to freak out. And we're going to lift it for multiple reps, higher reps. It could be multiple sets of lower reps, or it could be less sets, more reps, depending on if you want metabolic or CNS, but that's too deep. So we want to go, let's take, for example, I want to do, I want to work up to doing 100 kilo. We'll just say 100 kilo, okay? I'll start you at 50 kilo. And I will do 10 sets of five reps. I know like 60 kilos or 10 rep max. I'm going to do... 10, set, or five, 10 sets of five reps because every set is five. It's only 50% of what you're capable of, but the overall volume of doing those 10 sets is going to equate to a lot of to a lot of weight lifted. If you, every rep you do is 60 kilos, 10 reps is 600 kilo, 10 sets at 6,000 kilo, if that makes sense. 
So you're lifting six ton of volume in a, in a one workout, but you're never going beyond 50% of your true capacity. And as we progress, we'll increase the reps, which means every every time you do one more rep, you're lifting 60 kilo more. If you add that by hands, another 600 kilo every set or every session. So over the time period, we're expanding the ability for our nervous system to adapt to the weight we're lifting. And then as we when we get to that 10 sets of 10 at 60 kilo, which is once our 10 rep max, we've spent maybe five, six weeks of building up that. Then I'm going to go to maybe 65 kilo. We'll start back at five sets of five or 10 sets of five again, and we'll work our way back up to 10 sets of 10. And then we'll go to 70 kilo, and then we'll work from 10 sets of five to 10 sets of 10. And we'll contend. There's only one way, by the way. And we're going to just continually build up, build up, build up, build up, build up until eventually I get you to 100 kilo. But by the time I get you to 100 kilo, it's not going to be a one RM. It's going to be a comfortable 10 rep max, meaning that what your true 10 rep max is, is further on like that, but it doesn't matter. We've achieved the goal and we've achieved what we're looking for. We're looking to get you to 100 kilo, but we've got you to 100 kilo with 10 reps. Now, at no point have I pushed you to the point of failure. At no point have I pushed you to the point where your body wants to quit and wants to give up. Your nervous system deems it a threat. But we've still got to that goal. And this is what I'm trying to get at when people are training. When guys are training, your the goal is to lift 100 kilo. How you get there is going to determine the results. It's going to determine how you feel. I could push you really close to your <clears throat> 1RM, not near 100 kilo, whatever it is your 1RM is, and I can push you and push you and push you, but your central nervous system is going to be exhausted. It's going to be absolutely knackered, and it's not going to allow you to do that. And what's probably going to happen is if you don't stop, your body's going to find a way of stopping you. And a lot of guys get injured because they're not stopping. Their nervous system goes, fuck you, and bang, an injury happens because it prevents you from stopping. It prevents you from continuing on because it deems it as a threat. So the problem with it then, and I got to go back and wind off and be tangent there. This is going to happen today, trust me, because I'm on, this is on something I'm really passionate about. So the problem is when we get to the risk-reward continuum, You've got to ask yourself, at 40 years old, what is your life goals? What 40 or 50, what is your everyday life goals? You want to, well, I'd say, build a bit, lose a bit, get a bit, build more muscle, lose more fat, get more sex. But you also want to be able to live a comfortable life, carry out your everyday everyday um, duties without undue fatigue. That's what fitness is. The ability to carry out your, undue, your daily activities without undue fatigue. You want to make yourself stronger than you are today. <clears throat> the problem is, most of us focus on trying to be as strong as that guy we see in the gym, that guy we see on Instagram, and we start comparing ourselves. And we forget about the journey we are on as a personal journey and that we should be focusing on bettering ourselves. It doesn't matter if that guy's living 250 kilo. One day, if you keep pushing and you, you have the patience and the time and you put the effort in, you will get 250 kilo, but you'll get there. It'll be a, a stressed out period and it will allow you to acclimatize and build up a muscle in a way that's not going to be damaging to your body. Now, so the risk reward, guys chase numbers. We're egotistical by nature and it, we can't help it. So when we see, if we left in the gym, and I see it all the time in the gym, and that's why in Primal, I only test one RMs once a year, just to give them a bit of a reference point. And the rest of the year, we spend that time building up to the test to try to get as much weight as possible on that bar for that one day of testing, that one week of testing. When you start chasing numbers, you're going to get yourself, you're going to take your focus off improving yourself and put the focus on competition. Why are you competing? Why are you competing if you're not actually competing? You know, you're you want to be able to play with the kids, you want to look a bit better, you want to move pain-free. 
Chasing numbers is not going to get you there. Chasing numbers is probably going to be detrimental to that goal. And this is the problem, the culture we live in, the, fit, the fitness industry, we have become this, like PTs like to put up, look at my client, he, they hit the 100 club and all these different, like, should to show that they, to show the world that they are a great PT and that you train with them. And sadly, that means that you are sucked up into that. And because you've got ego and because you're enjoying this lift and waiting, seeing yourself progressing, you're going to go along with it. And ultimately you become injured or you, you're, maybe your technique isn't perfect and your PT hasn't spotted that, and they don't know anything, or they don't know an alternative exercise for you, so you're doing an exercise that isn't really made for you. Personally, I don't think any guy should, uh, any guy over 40, 50, that's not competing in something, should be deadlifting a straight bar or squatting with a back squat. I don't see the need for it. That's my personal opinion. I'm not saying it's right or wrong. I'm talking about the average guy. If you've been squatting and deadlifting all your life, and you've got the mobility, you've got the strength, you've got the moving patterns, by all means, keep going. But for the average guy, walking in the gym, Want to lose the belly, wants to put a bit of muscle on, wants to be better with themselves. There are better options than the straight bar deadlift and the back squat. You know, why do you need huge quads? You don't. You know, huge quads can actually be detrimental. Yeah, they look good, but they're they going to benefit your life in any way. Is the risk of building these huge quads worth the reward of having them? Or would it be better just to be a lean in shape, strong, but using the hex bar? using a goblet squat, using the front squat, using double belt squats, using a split squat, using different variations that are less, less damaging to the spine, less damaging to the body, but are going to produce the results that are going to make your life better. This is the question you've got to be asking. This is what I do to all my clients in Primal. I ask them a question. I ask them, what, what is your goal? And what's the best way to get that goal? Why do you need this exercise? If your goal is to get the X, to get the Y, why do you need X? There, there's... There is no real conversation happening anymore. There is no real thought patterns behind why we're doing what we're doing. So in my opinion, uh, the, the culture of hustle hard, the culture of one more rep is detrimental to guys in their 40s and 50s. It's actually detrimental to anyone who's not a bodybuilder or anyone who's not competitive sports. And even in your 20s, because when you're in your 20s and you're training the way I'm talking about shouldn't be training, you're building that habit and you're building that belief in your head that that's the way you should train. Now, listen, I'm not saying if you're a bodybuilder, by all means, if you're a powerlifter, you've got somewhere Olympic lifter, you've got to follow some specific method of training. That's fine. You've got a purposeful goal. You've got a specific goal there. And as long as you accept that this goal you're chasing is going to have a detrimental effect in your body in some other way, that's fine. You're accepting that. But if you want to just live life, feel better, have the energy to play with the kids and not live in pain, you should not be training the way most PTs train, most gyms train. That's my personal opinion. I've said it for years and years and years. So what way should you train? My opinion. First thing you've got to do. Well, what's the first thing you do in life? What's the last thing you do in life? Breathe. So the first thing you got to do is work on the breath. People do not breathe properly. And this is, this is crucial to understand. Your breath is going to determine how your nervous system reacts. I want you to think of running down the street, a dog chasing you. You sprint down the street, you see a fence, you climb up, you jump over the fence, the dog's on the other end barking at you. You're over there and you're like, <sighs> you're breathing this hard, heavy breathing. That's stress. Your body is under stress. So how do you breathe? <sighs> I'll turn this down so you can see this bit. <sighs> the chest rises up and down, up and down. That is a stressful state. Now, how do babies breathe? They breathe interabdominally. If you look at a baby, a newborn baby, there's no stress in that child's life. They breathe. Their diaphragm raises up and down. What happens with us as we as we get older? 
We live in a world full of stress. So our breathing pattern changes. So when we breathe, our breath, our actual, the way we breathe is creating a stressful environment for our body to live in. And we don't even realize this because we just become normal. Now, I, I do a lot of drills because of the martial arts I've done all my life, the system and everything. I understand the importance of breath and the effect it can have on the human body. And if you don't breathe properly, you're already putting yourself in the world of stress. That stress, you're then coming into the gym and you're adding more stress on it. So the first thing I try to teach guys is to breathe properly. And I've had so many good, good results with just changing a simple breathing pattern. And you can see it. My, my go-to technique, a book or a plate on your chest, a book or a plate on your stomach, lying down, eyes closed, body relaxed, and you're focusing on breathing, and you're going to make the book on the stomach move up and down, while the book, book on the chest doesn't. What usually happens is the first breath is like, and I just tell them, really, keep breathing, keep breathing, focus, because here's the thing, we were all babies. Somewhere in here is that pathway to correct breathing patterns. We've just forgotten it. The way I describe it is we, we want that pathway to be the M1 in our body, the nervous system. The, the correct breathing pattern should be like the M1, the highway to the correct breathing. Unfortunately, what we have done is we have cut the, the M1 out and we've taken some wee country road and carry. And that's our, that's our breathing pattern. And the wrong breathing pattern has become the M1. So we need to change that around. So we need to make it that the body starts recognizing the correct pattern. And when it does happen, you feel it instantly, like literally instantly the stress. Have you ever have you ever lost a loved one and you know you're crying, you're and then you get this big and it's like an acceptance. You sort of like the shock and the is sort of worn off. The, the, the grief is still there, but the shock has worn off, and there's like an acceptance of what's happening, and you sort of realize that this is actually true. And it's like whew. that is the way it happens when you breathe. When you breathe properly, you should get that big sigh of release. Once you start breathing, once you start recognizing that pattern, you got to work on it. Meditation, people don't understand it. This is like I've got into meditation big time now. Um, your breathing pattern and meditation go hand in hand. If you can get your breathing pattern and you can get meditating, remember, meditation is work, muscle working for the mind. And if you can train your mind, you can train your body. You know what is the most important thing? Without this gray matter in between our ears, nothing else works. So it's the most important thing to train is the brain. And I think because we don't see the brain, because we can't grow the brain, we can't get high fives from our mates for having a big a big brain like we can with a big chest, we, we don't focus on it. Because like I said, it's all ego. Even though we don't want to admit it, we're training for ego. We're training because we want people to think we're doing better. We want we want the praise from other people, our peers. So you got to train meditation. you got to train your breath work. And if you spend 10 minutes a day, 10 minutes in the morning, 10 minutes at night, lying on your bed, there's no reason. Like, it's not even effort. You're just going to lie on your bed, two books on your chest, one on your breast, one on your belly, and breathe. You do that every single day for the next two weeks, and you're going to feel a significant difference in how you're thinking about life and, and the levels of stress you're under. Next, Mobility. Muscle's great, looking fantastic's great, having the strength is amazing. But trust me when I say this, when you move in pain every single day, you don't want to train. Every single day I, I am in agony. And the crazy thing is, <laughs> I, I sort of like self-sabotage by avoiding mobility. Now I have started doing mobility this last load of weeks and I'm starting to see the improvements. Yes, I'm still sore, but the pain is a lot less. 
And the amount of guys that come into the, come into Primal or talk to me online or do the Dad Boy Bible program with me, the amount of guys are in pain and don't realise that it's actually mobility issues that's the crux of this problem is insane they believe that they they're just not working hard enough that if they keep pushing it's going to happen is they'll get better but no they won't if you can't lift your arm above your head and you're continually pressing well then you're training the wrong moving pattern and all that's going to happen is that we, your body like i said back to the nervous system your nervous system may be able to press 12 kilo quite comfortably in that wrong moving pattern but as you increase the weight that wrong moving pattern the leverage the biomechanics of that movement because it's not correct, eventually the wrong muscles that the wrong muscles that are driving that muscle, that are driving that movement, they're not going to be able to cope with that stress. The nursing's going to stop you, bang, get injured. And this happens a lot. Shoulders, hips, knees, ankles, T-spine, that lower back. They're the, they're the real areas that older guys get in trouble with because we live in a world where we sit down too much, we don't move about enough, we don't stretch enough, we don't mobilize enough. And then we come into the gym and we train like crazy bastards pushing ourselves, trying to compete with a 20-year-old in the class. And then we wonder why our backs are sore, our shoulders sore, our necks sore the next day. Well, we're all carrying the stress on our tra traps. And you can see it. You see these guys walking about with their necks all held up and the, the tension there. And they're coming in and they're trying to compete with guys doing overhead shoulder barbell pressing. It's madness. Personally, I don't believe guys should barbell shoulder press unless they've got perfect mobility. I wouldn't go near it. I, would, I do the single arm um, kettlebell because it's the easiest way. Single arm work allows for more range of mobility. It's not locked in. This this bar is in a fixed position, whereas the kettlebell or dumbbell, it's free to move about. You've got you can get into a different path of, of pressing, which is going to be more forgiving on the body. But again, the culture is barbell. Barbell is that's awesome. You know, you look class. Look at that guy pressing that big weight. Look at that guy lifting that big weight off the floor. Look at that guy squatting. Look at that guy benching. It's all about the ego, and the ego is the enemy. So how do you get mobility? And you got to do this every day. Breathing every day, mobility every day, cardio every day. And then we come into cardio. Now, the culture in the industry about cardio, steady state cardio is going to burn muscle. It shouldn't be, it should be avoided. What a load of balls. Now, I used to believe that. I was a five, running over five reps is a complete waste of time. And you're, yeah, it's actually, if you want to do, if you want to do cardio, just lift weights faster. <clears throat> but if you look at evolutionary, we, we have evolved as nomadic, nomadic creatures. We had to follow the herds. We had to be able to like pack up our tents, carry all that shit in our back, and then walk for miles and miles and miles as we followed the herds or followed the, wherever we had to get food, pitch our tents, live there, walk again, and then the herds moved on. We had to follow the herds again. So we are nomadic creatures. That's why we've got glutes. We're the only mammals in the world that have got an ass. We are born to do that steady-state cardio. If you look at the African tribes, there's African tribesmen who track antelope for days. They just trace, chase them down. The antelopes are sprinting for miles, miles ahead of them, but they're able to track them, jog gently, and just over time exhaust them and catch the animal. That is our job. We, we are built for long endurance um, exercise, but we avoid it. And the reality is we should be walking every single day. If you're not walking for an hour a day, you're not doing the best for your body. It doesn't have to be hard, but it does have to be regular you know and when i say an hour i just put an order in because people are time are constrained by times but ideally we should be up on a mountain challenging our bodies getting up on the mountain and hiking a mountain hiking the flats and just challenging ourselves in a way that puts a bit of stress in our heart but not kills us 
the 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 guys who the guys who I know are happiest. One of my mates, Mark Brown. He he's, he lives in the outside. Another guy trained with us, Mark. Another Mark. He he. They're all they're all outdoors every single day. They're the happiest guys you'll meet because being outdoors in nature, walking, challenging yourself, puts you in a different mindset. And again, it comes back to mindset. You see how everything's connected. This is this is another thing we need to focus on. How the health health encompasses everything. Fitness. You just tend to focus on weights or high intensity stuff. That's what fitness has become. But we need to, as as guys who are getting older, we need to focus on health over just your fitness. And health is your breathing patterns, it's your cardio, it's your weights, it's the challenge. And when you're out in the mountain, if you're if you're halfway up Donard and you decide, fucker, they don't do it anymore, they don't want to freeze to death because it's cold up there. There's no option. They put you in a different mindset. There is no quit when you're up on the mountain. You, it's either die or keep going. Do you know when you're halfway up a mountain, you've still you've got, you've got a choice. You can keep going up it or you can go back. But either way, you're still going to be working out. And that that it takes away that option that we have in the gym. We can put the weight down. We can bluff ourselves. We can we can go half hearted for the last thirty seconds of a round or whatever it is. But in the mountain, we can't. It it owns us, and we've got the actually we've got to the end put ourselves in a different mindset and continually focus going forward. And that is a massive, massive game changer for people. When you're put into a position where you have no other option but to continue, you find different you find a different level of strength inside yourself. It's easy to quit when it's just oh I just want to sit on the bench. But when you're up mountain you're tired, you'll take a rest by all means, you take a rest. It's not a, it's not a competition, but you still gotta do it. You still gotta go. It's the it's the it's the cardio equivalent of CT Fletcher. It's still your motherfucking set. You you you've still gotta do something. You're you've no option out, and that that is one of the best ways of changing your mindset. It's a challenge. Then the last thing, obviously, weights. Now with lifting weights, I've just discussed, I've discussed it for a bit there, but guys need to three times a week is a good number for guys who are forty to train, especially if you haven't if you haven't trained before. You can, by all means, you can do more, but you've got to let your body adapt first. So I always recommend, guys, from the primal, three days a week is perfect. Three by 52 is my motto. Three days a week, 52 weeks of the year, and you're going to see significant results. But when you come in here, when you come in the gym, no more than 70%. You're always aiming for 70% maximum, okay? The effort rate I'm talking about. So if your effort rate is 70% on a regular basis, and you're focusing on expanding that 70%. So eventually, if my 70% is 100 kilo, what I want to do is I want to expand that 70%. So, so six months down the line, my 70% is 120 kilo, 130 kilo. That means that I know that I've got more in the tank. So it's probably up 150, 160 kilo, but I don't need to test that. I don't. It doesn't bother me. I don't, I don't need to know that. All I need to know is as long as I'm focused on expanding my 70 percentile, then the rest of the percentage are going to are going to expand as well, and this is crucial to understanding. You do not need to push yourself to failure every round. Now, when I come to speaking failure, when pushing to failure has its place, but it's got to be strategic. If you're do, if you're pushing to failure just for the sake of pushing to failure, well then it's pointless. But you can push the failure with everything. Like I can push you to failure with body weight squats, and that's going to create that adaptation. It's just going to take longer than it would if I've got sixty kilo in your arms. So it's about the and true failure should be true failure. If you're going to go to failure, do one set to complete failure, and leave it at that. 
You don't have to then go back and do another drop set or a giant set. It's just one set, the complete failure, is going to produce the muscle adaptation you need. The rest of it is going to massage the central nervous system and it's going to allow the central nervous system to start respecting that weight and accepting it as not, not a threat. And once you can do that, then you're going to be able to you're going to be able to see the results. Now, how do you do that? There's there's loads of different ways. One of the simplest ways that I like to train guys is called ladders. If you understand how to use a ladder, a ladder principle, you're going to enable yourself to get strong as hell and increase your um, increase the volume without ever going to failure. So let's take a simple ladder. A ladder would be three sets of one, two, three. Let's do a deadlift. I'm going to deadlift 70% of my 1RM once. Set it back down, shake my arms out. Then do two reps, set it back down. Do three reps, set it back down. Now, 70% is probably five to six reps of me. So I have, no, I have loads and loads of reps still in me. But I've only done one, two, three. I then take a bigger rest and I go back and do another set of one, two, three. And then do one more set, one, two, three. That's one ladder. So that's three ladders of one, two, three. The next day I'm going to come in and do deadlifts. I'm going to do four ladders of one, two, three. The next day, it's going to be five ladders of one, two, three. So I'm st always staying at the one, two, three. Three is my maximum rep range. But remember, I'm using a weight that I can do six reps with, but I'm increasing my sets. So the overall volume increases every single round. I'm going to get to about seven ladders of one, two, three. I then add one more um, rep range to it. So I'll go one, two, three, four, but I'll drop back to three rounds. So I'll do three sets of one, two, three, four. And then I'll build that back up to maybe six or seven ladders. And then I'll drop back to five, one, two, three, four, five for three sets. And I'll increase the sets again. One, two, three, four, five for three. One, two, three, four, five for four. One, two, three, four, five for five. Now, if you add them reps total up, you've got five and four is nine. And then three is 12. Two is 14 and one is 15. So if you're doing five sets and every set is containing 15 reps in it, you're getting off a shit ton of volume. I'm going to maybe get the five ladders of, say, one, two, three, four, five, let's take, for example. I'll then add maybe five kilo to the bar, and I'll drop back and go one, two, three again. Three sets of one, two, three. And I'll rebuild that. Strength takes time, and the longer I can the longer I can expand the length of time I have to increase the weight, and the, length of, the, the more my nervous system is going to start accepting that weight, and it's going to grant me more strength. And the more strength I'm granted, the easier I lift the weight. And ultimately, the goal is you want to be fitter, you want to be stronger. Now, that's just one example. Linear, linear is wave cycles. There's loads of other cycles I'm not going to get into. But that is just one simple way of building strength in a way that your nervous system accepts it and allows you to get stronger without putting a risk on your body. Are you going to allow your ego to, to, get, to get in the way? That's up to you. I know these methods work. I know that if you have the, the ability to see like a 12-week cycle of something got through, you're going to make significant strength gains, but never feel injured. And if you combine that with your breathing patterns and your mobility work and your cardio, well, the byproduct of all this effort is the results you're after. Ultimately, that Instagram man you're looking at isn't what you want. Yeah, you may be, you may be brainwashed into thinking that you want the six-pack. You may be brainwashed into thinking that having all this, this amazing physique is going to equate to you having a better life. But from personal experience, training with hundreds, hundreds and thousands of guys, it doesn't happen like that. They get a photo shoot ready. They get a photo. They feel like shit. They lose, they lose motivation to train for a while, and they start back in because... It's stress. Training like that, not eating right, to get down to that six-pack look is not beneficial for the majority of guys. 
I'm not saying you can't have it as a goal. By all means, if you want to have a photo shoot and you go to yourself, I just want to achieve that. Well, that's different. You've actually put yourself in the position you're going like, I understand that I'm going to feel like shit. I understand that I'm going to deprive myself of enjoyment in life. I understand that I'm going to be exhausted. I understand I'm going to be sore. I understand I'm, I'm, I'm probably going to have build a bad relationship with training. But as long as you understand all this and you accept that it's only going to be for a short window of time and there's a specific goal for it, just like a bodybuilder, just like a powerlifter going up to meet, well, that's fine. But for longevity, for training, for, for life, you need to think about the long game. You need to understand what it is you're doing, why you're doing it, and plot a path towards training a method that's going to allow you to continue for life. That's what I do in Primal. That's what I do in Dad Bull Bible. I focus on... Giving guys workout plans that allows them to train safely and effectively forever until the day they die. You know, you should be you should be thinking to yourself, if I'm in my 40s, I'm training today so that when I'm training in my 50s, I'm training better today. And if you train in your 50s, you want to be thinking the goal, I want to train today so that when I'm in my, my 60s, my training's easier. And that continuously until the day you die. And that is the difference between the Instagram model of training and the real life model of training. Lastly, we're talking about recovery. So what should you do for recovery? Well, for a start, you should listen to your body. Like I said there in one of my last podcasts, two of the guys in their 50s trained like crazy. They were feeling fatigued. I could see them. They were dropping. Their energy level were dropping. I told them to take a week off. A band of them come to the gym. I said, come to the Zoom sessions. I said, that's it. You have to take a week off. And they came back and they feel amazing because of it. We have to realize that we've got a plan, <clears throat> but the best laid plans don't always work. Life's going to throw shit at us. Injuries happen. You can lift the weight wrong. You can move wrong. You could be under stress. The missus could be busting your balls. Someone could be sick. COVID, fucking the stress of work lockdowns and maybe you're losing your job. All these factors have to be taken into consideration and understood that if there's more stress in your life than usual, then you've got to back, you've got to back off a bit on the training. Right now, I've got a bit of a tweak in my back. I could push through my 26 kilo. I'm using 26 kilo in front of the... Actually, I'm land today. It's meant to be 24 kilo, and I'm meant to do three sets of 24, 24 clean and press. Now, I know that I could probably push through it, but I'm not going to because it's going to hurt me. But I'm 100% sure that even with this wee tweak, 16 kilo is going to be a piece of piss. So I'm going to do 30 reps, or three sets of 30 reps with 16 kilo, but it's going to keep me moving. It's not going to put me under stress, and it's going to keep me. It's going to keep my mind focused on the game. But I've dropped back fairly on the actual volume per press, and I'm just going to increase the actual overall volume. I Meaning I'm still going to get a good workout, but I'm not putting my nervous system under any sort of stress that's going to maybe lead to another injury. And if I feel anything, I'm going to back off again. I'm probably just going to do some mobility. So, folks, 35 minutes. Jesus Christ, I can talk. So that's how I believe. Men to train in their 40s and 50s. I'm not talking about athletes. I'm talking about the average overweight dad who just wants to get back into training, build a bit, lose a bit, get a bit. So hope you enjoyed that. And uh, I'll see you on Monday. Have a good weekend.